Here we are. Welcome once again to Life is Wonderful.love podcast. Today we have another special guest, Saul M. He is now going to be a counselor, but he also came from the world of compulsive gambling. So he's going to tap in and answer the same thing that we're doing. One love and three questions, three, 15 minutes or less. And we're going to always, like we do, we focus on self-awareness, healing, recovery, life. So let's begin. How are you doing, Saul? I'm doing well, Hugh. Thanks for having me on here. Uh, Good to hear from you. So let's get into it. Tell me one thing you love. One thing I love, uh, I would have to say my family. And the reason I would say that is uh, especially for the uh, support they've shown me recently going through the uh, world of compulsive gambling and everything. And I feel like they've stuck by my side the whole time. It's great to have family support and family love. So let's go into question one. Tell us your feeling around recovery being only 24. You only stopped gambling, so you still go out with friends and drink, so you don't feel like you, you know, you, you don't understand your emotions and being young, that you still connect, except you're kind of dealing with this whole thing about compulsive gambling. So tell me and tell the community how relationships work in your uh, in your life or right now in early recovery. Yeah, it is a really good question. It's a good good point that I have to be aware of. Uh, I'll say first of all, going out and drinking with friends that is still something that I do. The thing about it is. Um, monitoring how much I'm drinking is a, is an important thing for me because I, I recognize that excessive alcohol consumption, you know, will lower inhibitions and, and get that thinking back into a place that isn't really aware or controlled. And so that is something that I, I tend to be careful about. Uh, as far as relationships go, I'll say that uh, I've been more cautious in how well I get to know certain people and, and how social I am with certain people. I'll, I'll give you a brief example, uh, even going to the gym to play basketball, which I enjoy doing pretty often. There are some kids that go also pretty often who uh, I hear talking about joining each other's sports books and, you know, what's their parlay for the night and the odds and all that. And um, I just have no interest in, getting near it or even making small talk about it or anything. And uh, I think it being in an early stage of recovery still, uh, it's been important for me to be discerning in the sort of conversations I enter into and the sort of relationships I get into. Uh, as you had said, being only just about 24 now in under a month, um, the, the whole landscape of gambling is a lot more socially acceptable than it probably was back when, the old timers were going to the horse track in the 1970s or whatever, you know, the stuff is everywhere now. So 
do have to be careful. I, I don't feel like I'm totally missing out on anything just because of how deep I got into gambling, you know, compulsive gambling and so on. And so uh, I think my relationships are more genuine now. I don't feel like I, you know, BS with people so much anymore, just carelessly because there's so much on the line in terms of uh, who I associate with. Yeah, it's going to be vital. Relationship at any age. They're always, you always need to audit them and just see if they're working for you in terms of support, respect, love, or even push you. But let's get into question two. Sir, everybody knows Saul is Jewish. So that's where this question comes from. Do you feel gambling needs to be addressed more in Jewish culture? Any ra- anything rabbi should know? Opinion on why you gambled or if Jewish people become more gambling addicts than any other addiction? How do you want to address this around the Jewish culture? Uh, first, I'll say with that question, there's actually a pretty good lecture that a, a famous rabbi, uh, Dr. Abraham Tversky, gives on the issue of addiction in the Jewish community. And he, he talks about gambling a bit. And uh, he he's quite right in his appraisal of it that addiction in the Jewish community, I'll start there by just saying it seems as though addiction in the Jewish community uh, by and large, is a pretty taboo subject to approach. And um, I'll say from just my experience in the Jewish community, and this isn't even a really super religious Jewish community, just people that are culturally Jewish, is that there are a lot of successful people, you know, business people, doctors, lawyers, and so on. And I think it's sort of understood, at least from the circles that I know, that, you know, your children will follow in your footsteps, go to college, be successful, and so on. And um, addiction is the complete opposite of that. And I think it's really difficult for families that have these high expectations to accept that their kids are addicts or that, you know, they're they're falling short of a normal life and, and going into this addictive path. So, I think at first that's where it starts. I think that's that's a good place to start is saying that, yes, I think gambling addiction and just any addiction really needs to be looked at more clearly in the Jewish community from at least what I've seen because there that, that isn't something really anyone wants to, to talk about much and especially I'd say in, in that community. Uh, anything rabbis should know, I would say this. Look, um, there are plenty of bad choices that go into an addiction. Of course, addiction is made up of a ton of impulsive, you know, emotional decisions and so on. But I think rabbis should recognize the chemical nature of addiction and the, uh, I guess, difficulty as well as the longevity of treatment. It's not just, you know, you go see a rabbi and you talk for an hour and then, you have no desire to gamble anymore. So I think rabbis should be realistic and recognize that there, there are chemical roots or reasons for, for being an addict. And it's more than just a moral failing, because if it were just that, then people on their own willpower would just stop without any support or therapy. Um, last thing I guess I'll, I'll address on this so I cover your question completely is 
why I gambled or, uh, you know, Jewish people become gambling addicts specifically. Uh, I know there's this stereotype, which, you know, it may sound like it's not that harmful, but I don't think it's great. The stereotype that Jews and money are connected. Jewish people are stingy, love money and so on. And, um, I think there is some pressure to do well financially. And I know for myself, uh, I, I had part of my, um, reason for continuing to gamble was I wanted to be some sort of a self-made person. I wanted to make all this money from my bets and prove to people that I knew that were successful with jobs and so on that, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm a success. I can make this amount of money in one third of the time it takes you. So that, that was something that was partially what fueled the, the gambling addiction for me. I think maybe Jewish people and gambling is a tendency. I mean, I don't know enough about the culture to, to give a definitive answer, but I would say that maybe the whole uh, attitudes towards money and so on might have something to do with it. I think it's probably like pretty socially acceptable to be involved in gambling and um, no one or a few people recognize the uh, depths that addiction offers in terms of just how destructive it is. Yeah, well, you know, if you listen to my YouTube or any of my other vehicles of videos, being Catholic, drinking, drugs, gambling, all of that was acceptable. So I, I understand what you're talking about when we talk about culture. Uh, when it's accepted more, you tend to have more addicts in that sphere. Well, let's go to question number three. You're in your master program. Tell us about what your new career interests are or, or where, where are you going? Yeah, so this, this program that I'm in now is a master's in clinical mental health counseling at uh, Southern Methodist University in Dallas, a.k.a. SMU. Um, so it's a, about a three-year program that uh, the intention is to get uh, licensed in professional counseling to become an LPC. Um, I'm thinking that my specific focus would be on addiction counseling, and I would also obtain an LCDC, which would make me a licensed chemical dependency counselor as well. And the process for that apparently is not all that difficult. So that's my hope. Uh, let me think. So so the reason I'm in here in this uh, program is uh, I feel like I offer a lot to addicts, not because I can refer them to a new sports book or anything, but because um I've been in that position of, you know, just having absolutely fried thinking where I don't know where to go next, what decision to make next. And um, it's great. Don't get me wrong. It's great to have someone who is trained in studying addiction just as an outsider. But I think you get a much more authentic um, representation of what it's like from someone who's an addict themselves and who's actually been involved in the process of restoring their life to some sort of normalcy. And uh, I, I think it's the same way that, you know, GA, like Gamblers Anonymous works in, in that 
if you're at a meeting or I'm at a meeting and I, I hear someone tell me, well, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. And then it turns out they haven't done a single one of those things. Then, you know, you're, you're full of, uh, you know what? And so if, if someone tells me, well, I did this and this, and it's worked well for me, then that's encouraging. That's inspiring because then I have hope that if it can work for someone else, why can't it work for me? So my career interest, I think definitely specifically going into addiction. And um, the, the thing to clarify there is that the LCDC is about chemical dependency and uh, gambling disorder, compulsive gambling disorder is addressed in the DSM as a, as an illness, as a you know disease. But when you talk about chemical dependency, you're really looking at drug addiction, physical substances. So I'm trying to get well-versed enough on that to where I can help people in that department as well. And so just finished a semester here, uh, took a class on psychopharmacology, learning about how drugs interact with the brain and so on and addiction. And, um, it was a good, good way to sort of get introduced into, uh, into that subject. And, um, hoping that, after the next couple of years of classes, I'll be able to get out there and start working in a clinic somewhere and uh, hopefully be a positive impact in, in the community. Well, we wish you well. As people should know, the compulsive gambling brain is the same as a, a person on co- cocaine. There's really no difference. So for some reason, the gambling brain and the cocaine brain, they're very similar. And so there is a lot of similarities with compulsive gambling and any other type of drug that you might ingest. So with that, we will conclude this episode, episode seven, with Saul. So. Tune in because we'll have another interview in a few days. Thanks, you. Appreciate it.